book one chapter three b of a family of noblemen by mikhail saltikov shedrin translated by avram yarmolinsky eighteen ninety to nineteen seventy five this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine book one the family council chapter three b soon the travellers reached the station at which the road turned off to golovliovo here at last stepan vladimirych lost some of his devil-may-care attitude and became crestfallen and taciturn ivan mikhailych tried to cheer him up and insisted that he part with his pipe you'd better throw the pipe into the nettles sir when you come to the manor-house he coaxed you will find it later on finally the horses that were to take the innkeeper to the end of his journey were ready and the moment of parting came good-bye brother said golovliov in a tremulous voice kissing ivan mikhailych she'll plague the life out of me the lord is merciful keep up a stout heart she'll eat me up alive repeated stepan vladimirych with such conviction that the innkeeper involuntarily lowered his eyes with these words golovliov turned sharply along the country road walking in a shuffle and leaning on a gnarled stick which he had cut off a tree ivan mikhailych followed him with his eyes for a while and then ran after him listen master he said when i was cleaning your uniform a few minutes ago i saw three roubles in your side pocket please don't lose them stepan vladimirych was visibly irresolute and could not make up his mind how to act in this contingency finally he stretched out his hand to the peasant and said with tears in his eyes i understand to buy tobacco for the old trooper thanks but she'll eat me up alive friend sure as hell golovliov found the country road again and several minutes later his grey soldier's cap showed afar off now vanishing now appearing above the young wood it was early in the day the morning mist touched into gold by the first rays of the sun hovered above the country road the grass glistened with the dew and the air was redolent of fir-trees mushrooms and wild berries the road meandered across a plain swarming with birds stepan vladimirych however noticed nothing of the beauty about him all his frivolity had suddenly gone and he walked as if to the last judgment one thought filled his mind to the exclusion of everything else in three or four hours he would have reached his goal he recalled his life at golovliovo and he felt as if the doors of a damp cellar were opening to let him in and no sooner would he penetrate into the gloomy interior than the doors would close behind him and everything would be over memories prophetic of what awaited him at golovliovo surged in his mind there had been uncle mikhail petrovitch popularly known as mishka the squabbler one of the horrid members of the family whom grandfather pyotr ivanitch had exiled to golovliovo where he had lived in the servants quarters and eaten out of the same dish with trezorka the house-dog there had been aunt vera mikhailovna who had lived on the estate by her brother's favour and died of moderate living for arina petrovna had begrudged her every mouthful at dinner and every billet of wood for the stove in her room and a similar fate awaited him he foresaw an endless succession of joyless days losing themselves in a grey yawning abyss and he involuntarily shut his eyes 
henceforth he would have to be alone with a wicked old woman half dead in the stagnation of despotism she would be the death of him before long as sure as fate not a soul to speak to not a place to visit she would be everywhere scornful despotic deadening the thought of that inevitable future made his heart so heavy that he stopped under a tree in desperation and struck his head against it several times his entire life with all its farcical strutting idleness and buffoonery loomed up as if flooded with sudden light then he started on his way again he felt there was nothing else left for him the least of men can make some effort can earn his bread he alone was helpless it was a new thought he had been accustomed in thinking of his future to picture various prospects but always prospects of wealth coupled with idleness never prospects of work and now the time had come when he had to pay for the wickedness and aimlessness of his existence it was a bitter settlement summed up in the terrible phrase she will be the end of me it was about nine o'clock in the morning when the white golovliovo belfry showed above the forest the traveller's face grew pale and his hands began to tremble he took off his cap and crossed himself the parable of the prodigal son and his return occurred to him but he at once rejected the idea as a bit of self-delusion finally he noticed the boundary post standing by the wayside and presently he was treading the golovliovo soil the hateful soil that had borne him an unloved child that had reared him sent him hated into the wide world and was now receiving him the unloved one back into its arms again the sun was high in the heavens and was ruthlessly scorching the boundless fields of golovliovo but stepan vladimirych was growing paler and shivering with ague at length he reached the churchyard and here his courage failed utterly the manor-house looked out from behind the trees as if nothing unpleasant had ever happened there yet the sight of it worked on him like the vision of a medusa head his paternal abode seemed to be a tomb a tomb 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 he repeated unconsciously he had not the courage to go straight to the house but first called on the priest and sent him to break the news of his arrival and inquire whether his mother would receive him the priest's wife was very sympathetic and hastened to prepare an omelette the village children gathered about him and stared at the master with wondering eyes the peasants passing by lifted their hats in silence and looked at him curiously one old servant ran up with the intention of kissing the master's hand every one understood that a wastrel was before them an unloved son who had returned to his hated home never to leave it except for the graveyard at the thought of it the people were overwhelmed with a mingled feeling of pity and dread at last the priest returned and announced that the lady of the manor was ready to receive stepan vladimirych ten minutes later he was standing in her presence arina petrovna met him severely and solemnly and measured him icily from head to foot but allowed herself no useless reproaches she received him not in the living-room but on the porch and ordered the young master to be taken to his father through another entrance the old man was dozing in his bed under a white coverlet in a white nightcap all white like a corpse when he felt the presence of his son he woke up and began to laugh idiotically 
well friend so now you are under the hag's paw he cried while his son kissed his hand then he crowed like a cock burst out laughing again and repeated several times she'll eat him up she'll eat him up the phrase found echo in stepan's soul his fears were justified he was installed in a separate room in the wing that also housed the counting-room he was given homespun underwear and an old discarded dressing-gown of his father's which he put on immediately the doors of the burial vault had opened let him in and closed again there now began a long succession of dull ugly days which time's grey yawning abyss swallowed up one after the other arina petrovna never received him nor was he allowed to see his father three days after his arrival his mother informed him through finogi ipatich the bailiff that he would receive board and clothing and also a pound of father's tobacco monthly stepan vladimirych listened to the bailiff and merely remarked the hag she's found out that zhukov's tobacco cost two roubles while failer's is only one rouble ninety kopecks a pound so she pockets ten kopecks a month the symptoms of the moral sobering that had appeared during the hours of his approaching golovliovo on the country road vanished frivolity reasserted its rights and was followed by an acceptance of the conditions his mother imposed upon him the disquieting thought of the hopeless future which had once pierced his mind faded gradually away and finally was no more the day and the evil thereof the petty interests of existence in all its undisguised ugliness absorbed his entire being what part indeed could his intentions and opinions play when the course of the rest of his life in all its details was laid out in advance in arina petrovna's brain all day long he walked to and fro in his room pipe in mouth humming bits of songs passing unaccountably from church tunes to boisterous airs if the village clerk happened to be in the office he went up to him and engaged in a conversation of which the chief topic was arina petrovna's income what does she do with all her wealth he would exclaim wonderingly having reached the sum of more than eighty thousand roubles my brother's allowances are rather poor she herself lives shabbily and she feeds cured meats to father she deposits the money in the bank that's what she does with it on one occasion finogi ipatich came to deliver the taxes he had gathered and the table was littered with paper money and stepan's eyes glittered ah what a heap of money he exclaimed and it all flows right down her throat as for giving her son some of these nice greenbacks no she wouldn't do that she wouldn't say here my son you who are visited by sorrow here is some cash for wine and tobacco this was usually followed by endless cynical talks about how he could win over his mother's heart in moscow he held forth i used to meet a man who knew a magic word if his mother refused to give him money he would utter the word and she instantly got cramps in her hands and feet in fact all over it must have been a spell i suppose remarked the village clerk well whatever it may have been it is gospel truth that there is such a word another man told me this take he says a frog and put it into an ant-hill at midnight by morning the ants will have gnawed it clean so that only its skeleton will be left take the skeleton and when it is in your pocket ask anything you wish of any woman and she won't refuse you well that's easy 
the trouble is one must first damn oneself forever if it weren't for that the old hag would be cringing before me hours on end were spent in such talk but no remedy was found the preliminary condition was that you either had to call a curse down on yourself or sell your soul to the devil there was no help stepan vladimirych had to go on living under his mother's rule the only relief coming in the small voluntary contributions that he raised from the village officials in the form of tobacco tea and sugar his fare consisted mainly of what remained from his mother's table and as arina petrovna was moderate to the point of avarice his board was meagre to say the least which was all the more painful because ever since vodka had become unattainable his appetite had grown considerably keener all day long hunger gnawed at him and his sole preoccupation was how to fill his stomach he awaited the hour when his mother would retire for a rest then sneaked into the kitchen and looked into the servants quarters snatching a bit here a bit there sometimes he would sit at his open window watching for passers-by if one of the serfs came along he stopped him and levied toll in the form of an egg a curd cake and the like at the first meeting between mother and son arina petrovna briefly explained the whole programme of his life live here she said here is a shelter for you in the counting-house your meals you will get from my table in other matters you will have to put up with things as they are there were never any dainties in the house and i shan't change my ways for your sake your brothers will soon arrive whatever they will decide about you i shall carry out i shall take no sin upon my soul let them dispose of your fate he looked forward to his brother's arrival with impatience not that he reflected on the influence their arrival might have on his existence as he had evidently decided that the matter was not worth his thought the only thing that interested him was whether pavel would bring him tobacco and how much maybe he'll hand me over some coin too he mused for fishka the bloodsucker he won't but pavel i'll say to him brother give a soldier some cash for wine he'll give me some he's sure to he did not notice the passage of the days nor did he feel the weight of his absolute idleness the only time he was lonesome was in the evenings because the constable left at eight and arina petrovna did not allow her son any candles on the ground that one can walk to and fro without light he soon became accustomed to the dark and even began to love it for in the darkness his imagination had free play and carried him far far away from the dreary place which was his home in those hours only one thing disturbed him he had a dull pain in the chest and his heart palpitated queerly especially when he went to bed sometimes he jumped out of bed and ran about the room clutching the left side of his chest i wish i would die he thought at such moments but no i shan't die but maybe i shall one morning when the village clerk with an air of mystery reported that his brothers had arrived the night before he shuddered and grew pale something childlike suddenly awoke in him he felt like running to the house to see how his brothers were dressed and find out what beds had been prepared for them and whether they had travelling cases like one he had seen a militia captain carrying and hear how they would talk to mother and spy out what would be served at dinner in short a desire once more arose in him to return to life which so persistently rejected him to fall at dear mamma's knees and obtain her pardon 
then perhaps he would eat the fatted calf and be merry the house was still quiet but he had already visited the kitchen and found out that the following courses had been ordered for dinner soup with fresh cabbage also some soup left over from yesterday cured meat served with cutlets of chopped meat for entree fried mutton chops and four snipes for the roast and raspberry pie with cream for dessert yesterday's soup cured meat and the chops that brother is for me he said to the cook there will be no pie for me i guess for your mother to say sir ah friend there was a time when i ate snipe yes i did once i made a bet with lieutenant gramikin that i would eat fifteen snipes one after the other and what do you think i won the bet after that i couldn't look at snipe for a month but you won't refuse to have some now she wouldn't let me have any i can't see though what makes her so stingy a snipe is a free bird you don't have to feed it or look after it it is self-supporting she doesn't buy snipes any more than she buys sheep and yet the hag knows snipe tastes better than mutton that's why she won't let me have it she'd rather let it rot than give it to me what's ordered for breakfast liver mushrooms and sour cream and custard why not send me a custard do brother well i'll try hard let me tell you sir when the brothers sit down to breakfast you send the village clerk here he'll fetch you a couple of custards under his coat next day stepan vladimirych waited the entire morning for his brothers but they did not arrive finally about eleven o'clock the village clerk brought the two promised custards and reported that the brothers had just finished breakfast and were closeted with arina petrovna in her bedroom End of Book One, Chapter Three, Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.